Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. So, it is a pretty sports-heavy show, although we do get into some politics. Ian and I um, kind of opened up with uh, Aaron Rodgers and his hardships at the Green Bay and his rant he went on at a press conference today, which is the 28th of July. And we talked about Simone Biles and her struggles at the Olympics and kind of talked about some of our uh, favorite Daily Wire hosts, something that I think we're going to go into more in a future podcast. Uh, yeah, so we talk some sports. We talk about the miserable existence of the Lions. That always makes an appearance as well. But thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate it. Talk to you later. Welcome back to the show, where we hope to make you challenge even your core beliefs in sports, faith, politics, or world events. We hope to distract you from your busy workday, monotony of your duties, or the boredom of the quarantine. My guests and I hope we can teach you something new each time under the guise of nonsense that you've come to expect. Welcome to The Scroll Through. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's yet another edition of The Scroll Through. Uh, thanks for uh, all the good reviews we've gotten so far from the Shaker Reporter. Uh, thanks again to them for having us on. And... Yeah, so let's, uh, Ian's here with us today, and I think Hello. we'll just, uh, yeah, he's wearing his, uh, was that a Packers uh, sweatshirt that I saw, or is it just a yellow and green? No, j- just, just uh, yellow. Okay. Welcome. Well, because that would have been a good transition, so of course you failed me yet again, Ian. Um, no, so what did you think of, uh, how are your eyebrows after Aaron Rodgers' uh, apparent disapproval of some situation i guess i haven't really i think i felt like i've asked you this before but are you more loyal to person or party or do you not really care at this point like are you more green bay or are you kind of side with the rogers or i don't know so so up until recently um and, and i think this is more still generally true i'm more of an organizational fan i mean you know you obviously are going to like the players on your favorite sports teams um, right but for in 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 the specific case of Aaron Rodgers, who I do believe has been done dirty by the not always not uh, always player friendly Packers front office, you know, like the way they've treated Brett Favre or their refusal to draft, you know, early on high offensive players, you know, stuff like that. I feel like there's been a lot of mismanagement. That was the word I was looking for. Um, so, so I, I would side with, you know, the, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time who has only won one Super Bowl. Obviously they're not the problem. You know, where, where else should I point the finger than the uh, front office? And then part of that was coaching too. But yeah, in, in any case, I'm, I'm generally, I've been on Aaron's side most of the time and not, not that I didn't think there were some like petty moments, uh, especially like with the not coming to training camp, stuff like that. Uh, I I'm still more or less okay with with how things have um, progressed up until this point. Because right. does he uh, not does he is he not under contract technically though? Or so is yeah, he? he he's under contract until 2023. Oh, okay. Um, and, the, and there's uh, negotiation that can happen in two, 2022 to see you know about his last year. And then recently, you know, there was a an offer to extend that two more years, except that was keeping the same you know, the existing contract intact, which meant there was no, there was no like 
ability for him to opt out. Uh, and then there was he, if he got traded towards the end of the contract, he wouldn't have any say in uh, where he was going. Okay. So it wasn't, it wasn't about the money. It was more about the freedom and then just not being locked in. You know, if, if he feels like the last good, good years of his, of his career are going to be, you know, in a, in a faltering Packers team. I mean, I wouldn't blame him for leaving. Okay. I, I did, I did real. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was, I'm not, I'm not necessarily agreeing with you. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you either. I'm just, you know, I, I didn't on. know if you were going to move on. I was just going to say, no, that, no, yeah, no. Once I, I feel like for, for such a, a generational individual as this, I, I want them to be put in the best position for success. So as much as I am a Packers fan, if Aaron went to a different team, I want him to win a Super Bowl. You know, eat wherever he went, because for for like you know, very special individuals, I would like to see their success. Sure. Just in in general. And that's how I kind of feel with Matthew Stafford too. Like you know, I think oh, he'll sure. do fine out in LA. So a very bad situation. You know, you it's you know, and you could say the same thing for Calvin Johnson, just because it's easy. You know, it's from mm-hmm. a, from a Lions or Barry Sanders, because those are all once again. The, the reason they're easy examples is because it's so obvious that it was wasted talent, right? You know, and it, I, I was, uh, it, someone, I, I've been paying a lot more attention to the NHL and the Nashville Pre- Predators just retired um, one of their goalies. He, he left the league or whatever. And he was one of like, you know, the best numbers, seemed like a decent guy, really good player, and he never got a Stanley Cup, you know? And you can, you can say that for basically most athletes who play in the NBA, NHL, uh, Joe Thomas with the Browns. Sure, yeah, it, it's so. So I guess as much as there are like certain players whom I despise or who I think have like won enough, not to name any names, stuff like that. <laughs> I think I'd like to see as many talented people get trophies as possible. It's like um, uh, uh, Tony, the the point guard, long time for the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I know what you're talking about Tony Parker. Yes, so Tony Parker. I I very much loved watching his career, him and Manu Ginobili, and uh, even Kawhi Leonard when he was early on, because I guess maybe this is just me. I never thought about the Spurs, like when I thought about contenders, you know, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, long time. It was always the Celtics and it was always the Lakers and it was the Bulls just in my head for like legacy teams who just won a bunch of stuff. And then <laughs> Tony Parker, this French player who by all reason, you know, shouldn't shouldn't have as many trophies as someone like Allen Iverson who had none. Uh, it, it was kind of fun to watch the odd man out win and win, you know, convincingly. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could say that for more players, I guess. Sure. Because you just brought it up, I just want to get your, your gut reaction. What, what, I mean, I feel like we've already passed the point of like, we're already at the point of where your reaction probably would have led you with the last Super Bowl. But like if Tom Brady, won another Super Bowl this year? Like, what would you do? Would you just be like, I'm just done with football? Or, well, I mean, so... it's unlikely to happen. I'm not saying that they're the favorites or it's likely to happen. I'm just saying, like, if he just somehow just crapped out another Super Bowl, are you just done with football? No, and, and it's my, my enjoyment of football is, once again, since I'm very invested in, in a single player, that once Rodgers does retire, and I think this will be healthy for me, I'll be able to remove quite a bit of my investment in the NFL, like I'll still watch football, I'll still root for the Packers, you know, I'll still mm-hmm. have favorite players, but it'll it'll be nice that when Rogers finally does retire, there'll be a lot less stake in the game for me. Um, I had this this problem, or 
or actually this, it's not so much a problem, this interesting thought when Brady won the Rams, Rams-Pats Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. is the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched. It didn't, it, it changed nothing. And I think a lot of commentators made this point then, you know, that was two Super Bowl wins ago, uh, that if he's the greatest of all time and now he's got so many Super Bowl rings that no one can argue it just from a sheer stats or, you know, a sheer, you know, bling uh, stat standard, one more does not move the dial, you know. If right. you took back this most recent Super Bowl, you know, the, the Bucks one, he still has the most recent memory just winning this garbage Super Bowl that no team looked great and his throwing arm looked dead and it was a 10 to 3 win. You mm-hmm. know, no one is happy about that, but it was another ring. You know, and you'd have that in recent memory, and you'd have the Falcons just crap in the bed and letting the Patriots come back and win in this, you know, awesome last second run. And one more ring after that is not going to change anyone's perception one way or the other. The only people who are affected by another Super Bowl win for Tom Brady are his fans. Right. Are, are his fans, and then the people who in in 10 more years have to do, like, the greatest... 10 quarterbacks of all time and what what's unfortunate though is that brady's going to be on there obviously he will be number one no matter what for for his his pocket passing sort of not <laughs> archaic but not exactly forward progressing method of being a quarterback you know which is very fortunate to be able to do that and he's going to have seven eight nine rings and aaron Rodgers will be on the will be on the top 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time list and he'll only have one or two that's what I don't particularly like. I understand if you're a big fan of Tom Brady, of the Patriots organization, and hell, the Buccaneers organization. Congratulations. Unfortunately, you're such toxic fan bases <laughs> that, are, that are directly involved with one of the most polarizing individuals that I dislike you. You know, um, I, I feel like part of it's like I, I have a problem with. Um, with up-and-coming individuals, not for their sake particularly. For instance, I love Patrick Mahomes, but I hate all the hype that goes along with, with him. That it, I do not want to see him win back-to-back-to-back Super Bowls ever, just, just because that will validate the people who said he's going to be the greatest quarterback ever before he's done anything. You know, uh, and, and I think Brady is lucky enough that uh, he was like not really popular coming in right it just mm-hmm. happened to take a drew Bledsoe dying on the field for uh, him to get a shot and people weren't sure but no one in their right mind went out and said that tom brady's gonna win seven super bowls and be the greatest of all time when he started right even after his first second or third that wasn't there unfortunately now that there's there's no discussion but you're you're still gonna get it's like the tortoise gonna... in the hair well, Tom yeah, Brady, yeah, the never, n- never aging tortoise, just plodding and, and, along. Right, and so you can say he actually built his legacy without the help of supporters outside of the Patriot base. You know, to to the point to where now everyone is forced to recognize he's number one. You know, right? Just from an optics perspective, and you, Jonah, and I have talked about this before. Is that there are probably I, I can almost guarantee there are other quarterbacks who are better at be at you know, as from a skill perspective, you know, who put in a better position could have mm-hmm. won just as many or more. But you'll never, you know, that it didn't happen. 
you know, so as much as you want to pretend or, or think that someone could have been better, you know, it's just, right. He's, he's one more. Yeah. It's very, it's a very narrow way to look at things, but it's no less true. Sure. Uh, so a couple of quick more, a couple of more like sports topics and actually we'll come back to Brady in a different vein to transition more into politics. Interestingly Wonderful. enough, but Deshaun Watson, what's happening there? Like, you know, all the, the diddling of women without their consent kind of got swept under the rug as soon as football season approaches. And they, the uh, NFL says that there will be no restrictions to him uh, participating in training camp and anything else moving forward. So was it that they covered it up or they didn't find any, nothing was conclusive or they found out like women were lying or what's going on? Like, cause I, it just appears that no one cares. Yeah. I think what what's unfortunate is that I don't know of any case that was brought against him, like legal. Like, in, for instance, we'll just say he, I don't think he spent a day in court recently. Sure. Um, and so what the, the sort of precedent that the NFL set, like with um, Kareem Hunt or Tariq Hill, was that we don't care that you were never put in jail for this. We're going to conduct our own investigation and punish you according to our, you know, private rules, which in the same way that you can be fired for, you know, <laughs> something absolutely ridiculous, you know, you, Hey, you were tying your shoe and you're supposed to be doing something else. I told you no tying your shoes between seven and nine, you're fired. I mean, obviously it'd be a stupid rule, but like mm-hmm. a private organization. So in uh, Tyreek Hill and Cream Hunt were punished, you know, whether it was right. by, you know, from uh, play time to you know the amount of money they were they were able to make or just the stuff that they lost out on, especially Cream Hunt by not being in the league. Um, so to to so to see this very very obvious smoking gun of you know having forty some odd masseuses in a year or two year span who all have lodged some form of complaint either privately or or publicly is it's something that can't be ignored. It, there, there was always going to be some kind of favoritism. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like what I was mentioning earlier, Deshaun Watson was one of the individuals who, you know, after his college career, he was painted as, you know, one of the next up and coming top guys. You know, this guy could go far. Let's see Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, top five quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson. Welcome to Houston. Uh, anyways, I, I, I actually heard something this morning on, um, it was like a, uh, it, I think it was a Levitard show. They were talking about um, basically quarterbacks in control, you know, of their organization, people who should or, or are powerful enough to, you know, affect changes in the front office. And Deshaun Watson was mentioned. And that was one of the first thing, you know, first times I'd heard him in a while. Cause mm-hmm. like he said before football, it was like, Oh my gosh, he's touching all the ladies. And then nothing. You know, right. Cricket, New cycle, you know, went on yeah. to something else. And, and then they're returning to the narrative that wasn't even there last year because last year was a very bad season for Watson and uh, Houston just as a team. Uh, and, and it was to, to, to revisit this 2019 vision of, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl contender. I don't know. You know, one of the best in the in the league, which I think is also questionable. Um, it's it's funny that they would select and maybe the NFL didn't select Deshaun Watson because someone like Kareem Hunt, let's say who was part of a Super Bowl winning team who was really, really good. He wasn't the star though. You know, there wasn't this, this 
aura around him, this giant fan love mm-hmm. that Deshaun Watson has. You know, and, and I shouldn't say fan love, I should say um influencer love. You know, it's a lot of sports media either um, you know, hosts or or reporters or people like that. They like Deshaun Watson. They think he's interesting for whatever reason. So he he was protected before something bad happened. You know, right. There were always going to be defenders. It just so happened that what he's involved in is very um unpalatable to defend. Right. Since no one wanted to talk about it for the past few months, it's like the all clear went out, you know. So it, it just by popularity alone, because people decided he was going to be good or like the best or really really, really watchable. He is therefore protected. Right. Well, and I feel that he, you know, aside from the allegations, could end up as an Aaron Rodgers type. I don't think he's nearly as good as Patrick Mahomes, but he's a very solid player. I actually think that he's kind of a more complete Lamar Jackson, even though like we're comparing two people the same age. It's not like I'm comparing him to someone in the past. Lamar is too much of a, of a runner. Granted, he was the MVP, but then the year after, he just absolutely just lost everything he had. I think Deshaun Watson is a far better player. And I see, but I could totally see him ending up in an Aaron Rodgers situation, um, especially now that he probably might feel as he owns the organization something. He could be stuck in Houston. I mean, Houston's a laughing stock of an organization. They basically gave away, um, what was his name, the wide receiver for uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, Hopkins for about two pennies and, you know, a beef burrito from Taco Bell. So it's the bad very- news is that Watson or, uh, Hopkins wanted to go right well that just shows you because the coach was terrible and I mean there was other underlying conditions but I I could see him becoming very similar to being in Aaron Rodgers shoes um which is unfortunate but if you want to wrap that up real fast as as we move on yeah so so I mean it depends on what contract you sign you know and and teams are so uh fluid that they can change from year to year i mean just look at san francisco you know it's it and that's just from their quarterback who was mostly i mean garoppolo had a really good season but it was one season you know right. it, and right. you just mentioned that um you you said uh deandre hopkins was the uh or deshaun watson i'm sorry was the more complete um uh, uh ravens quarterback lamar jackson uh, lamar jackson the more complete lamar jackson i don't think lamar jackson should necessarily Hey, let me let me qualify this. I think when when you make someone the MVP in their rookie year, or I should say in their first full season, I'm very skeptical of how good they actually are. Sure. In that, what it, I've used this example before, but the San Francisco 49ers, when they were coached by John, uh, Jim Harbaugh and they just had Colin Kaepernick, no one could stop them. They were the greatest. Then the following year, they took a nosedive. And right. it got progressively worse and worse and worse. In the, in the same way, you could say that Lamar Jackson, it, the MVP award now, I, you know, and, I, and I, I'm going to have to change it a little bit because Rodgers just won. But I think often the MVP awards now is the person with the most potential is what they're looking for. But obviously, that means they had to have a really good, you know, on the field season. Right. It, it's misconstrued from what the definition should be. Yes. Yes, in the same way that it's like, you know, an argument could have been made that Peyton Manning, when he got his neck injury and the Colts just sucked, like one of his last years there, mm-hmm. that he could have gotten the most valuable player because they were, before that, a Super Bowl contending, Super Bowl got to it team, and he was injured and still in the league 
and so you know, oh, if he had been there, they would have been, you know, you know, this dangerous powerhouse like they were the year before. It's obviously there are like some subjective ways to view who the most valuable person is. Mm-hmm. And it's Tom Brady's one less most valuable player awards than Aaron Rodgers. And then if you look at the obviously the Super Bowl mm-hmm. rings don't reflect that, but I I have a yeah, I mean, in my mind, I feel like, th- I mean, based off, I, th- I think my technical definition of, and I could be slightly wrong, but well, I think the definition of the MVP, it, obviously most valuable player, that's what it stands for. Who is the player that is most valuable to their team? Which means, like, which team basically dragged a heap of garbage over their potential yes. and made that, it may not even have to be the best team, but made them, like, you know, a seventh seed or something like that, or in the wild card where they shouldn't be there, or some sneakily won the division. And in that manner, both of our quarterbacks should have been in that conversation every year. And Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford should have been top contenders for the MVP every single season, practically. Absolutely. Especially when you're competing against not only your, your other teams, your bad front office, your bad coach, and then just players who are not number one draft picks, you know, right. people you've had to forge for, for better or worse. And, and in the same vein, and I don't like him particularly, and I hate the team, but Russell Wilson should have been in, in as many MVP conversations right. as he's been in the league. I mean, no, 100%. I, I think he, he gets a little more recognition um, from like, I, I guess I hear his name thrown around a lot more uh, for like MVP or for, um, the kind of the glue that holds things together. He is one of those. He's a he's a franchise quarterback, you know, and that that means that you can't do it without that person. That's in in my head. That's pretty much what a mm-hmm. franchise quarterback is. Is that you're what holds it together? Right. No, he uh, is. After the Legion of Boom left, it was basically up to him. And mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously spoken to Aaron Rodgers before, and we all recognize that he's had very few times of having talent. Um, but so me speaking to Matthew Stafford, you know, when he was on the Lions, imagine going into a game where, okay, I, I will even grant that the Lions actually had some decent wide. I mean, just even putting Calvin Johnson aside, they've had, you know, decent wide receivers. It's not like they're, you know, bringing Brandon Johnson, 2010 Detroit Lions um, every single year. He's had Golden Tate, Marvin Jones Jr., you know, um, What's the other one that's, I think, still actually playing for them? Uh, Galladay? Yeah, Galladay. But you're walking into a game with half of, like, your book. They don't have a run. I mean, this might have changed in the vast past eight months, but they have no running game historically. So imagine going into a sport with half of your game missing. Like, going into a baseball game, and you can only bunt. Like, everyone knows it's coming, and yet somehow he has some of the highest, you know, passing yards every single year. So, I mean, that's insanely difficult. That doesn't necessarily mean that Matthew Stafford's the best quarterback or that he should win MVP every year. But these people should be in the conversation based on having one hand tied behind their back the entire time. Mm-hmm. And, of course, yeah, there's, there's a balance between that you have to see success on the field. You know, basically, if your team goes 3-14, and 14, right. then just by that alone you're not going to make it in because like i get the argument that if you're if you're the greatest of that year you have to will your team to at least a handful of wins right you know on your on your back uh no but kind of like kind of like what you were saying about you know he he's not had the a full team around him 
at least in some respect, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, running backs, wide receivers, what have you, you know, the, the three wide receivers you mentioned, that's over a span of what, 12 years. You know, it's not like all those guys have been playing at the same time. Right. And then also if there was no running game, like when you had Reggie Bush, you know, as your, your lead <laughs> runner or, or Titus young the year before, you know, it's, that those all-star wide receivers are less of a threat because they're the only threat, you know, right. in, the, in it, it's almost as what would, what would have really devastated me was that in this depends on if Devonte Adams does get, you know, a new deal, but with basically one of the best wide receivers in the league, Aaron Jones, who's an amazing running back, most a very, most of this year offensive and defensive squad returning for the Packers that if this was the year Rogers left, when they were able to keep almost <laughs> everything together, it would have been devastating. I would guess for for the players who got resigned, right, and for the organization as a whole. But I would have just felt bad for the fan base, basically. Sure. That we finally have it: developed running backs, wide receivers who can actually catch the ball and didn't just start in the league. And our franchise quarterback leaves. Damn it! Imagine though, like it still would suck for the fans, but the, the F you that he could have given the team because he'd be like, you always let everyone walk. And so guess what? Right. If you have all of your special toys and now I'm leaving and well, go to like, I don't know, the Panthers or something like that. Yeah. Apparently there was a meme that, um, so b- both Bart star and Brett Favre didn't make it to the 16th season. And so that this is Aaron's, I think going to be like a seven or make it past 16. So this right. is the 17th year in the league. And it was like, of course, because everyone's very funny. Actually, that's a around. great, that'd been, could you imagine Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Rodgers on the same team? Oh my God. That would be, but in Aaron Jones is kind of like that. I mean, he's not sure. the type of full head of steam runner that McCaffrey is. Um, but ultimately I still hate uh, Adam Scheffner. He's still a scumbag. Uh, I was so glad he got to be wrong. And then also last year, which was for all intents and purposes, a Super Bowl around year. And I'll just leave it at that. I was, I had told myself I was going to get tickets to see Aaron Rodgers play in Lambeau. It just, it was something I wanted to do and he's going to retire, yo, know, in a few years. I need to see this happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it, yeah, it didn't work out. But you know what? This year, on October 3rd, get to see Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, and the Green Bay Packers take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, my second favorite team. And you know what? I love Ben Roethlisberger. I know he's not very good right now, but I get to see him play live, too. Well, we all know his right hand's really strong, so. um... Yep. yep. (laughs) But yeah, so it's... That that's gonna be the highlight of probably my NFL life is I'll get to go to right. Lambo, see the in my opinion, the greatest of all time in one of my favorite teams, one of the best franchises play live. So that's my own little personal His life addition. will be complete. You're welcome, political website we're part of. Yes. <laughs> More we sports next. Yeah. Well, um going slight somehow for some reason into the political sphere even though it should be completely not a political topic at all and i actually would like to refrain from keeping it such as one other than just stating facts about the fact that it is political but uh simone biles so i know you have an opinion i'm basically just releasing the statement from nick rudy i'm just like telling you what i think and you can give you a little blurb about it as well maybe we'll agree maybe we'll disagree but basically i can't remember what it's called i think it it was really like idiotic name for something that's like a actual medical condition it's like the twirlies or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah so basically you 
cannot judge like what you're doing like your head and your body are off kilter or whatever which probably makes a lot of sense after you spin and do backflips for like 20 years like eventually things are going to get out of sync but anyway long story short simone biles the greatest gymnast to ever live um in my opinion uh step down um is not taking part in individual competitions because of uh what is we just called the tipsies what she said and i think she had misspoken and what a lot of people are reporting is that she's taking a break from mental health which technically maybe you could call it that because it's like something in her head but it's not like pure stress as people are making it out to be so right now you know if this is politically divided you know people are like ah oh, she's failing her team blah 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 and she's you know letting her nation down whatever and like the left is now cheering as heroics and all this sort of stuff and I was listening, I've been listening to Michael Knowles a little bit because I listen to so many podcasts. I needed another filler, so I've been listening to him as well. Which, by the way, I want to talk to you about Michael Knowles in a second. Um, and I think he said it perfectly. He's like, she's neither a villain or a hero. She's just a human. Like, there's there's nothing good about her stepping down. And there's nothing bad about her stepping down either. Because it is something that you could get hurt from. So I don't think she's letting her team down because she would do terribly... And yes, she also could like snap her leg in half because she lands wrong because she can't see where she's going. Um, and alternatively, she's neither a hero as the left would make her out to be because it's not something that you want to do. Like you don't want to let your team down because I'm sure she feels that way. And it's not necessarily right to feel that way. But so this is neither something it's neither here nor there for me. And my I'm just frustrated that people are arguing over it. It's like, she has something that's wrong. Like, it's um, kind of like the yips, but like actually more of a medical condition because, you know, it's a very something that fighter pilots deal with or gymnasts tend to deal with. People who rotate, I think figure skaters get this sometime as well. Um, and like centrifugal sports, I think you run into this problem a lot more than if you were in basketball or baseball i don't i doubt you ever run into this problem um so yeah she's neither a hero she's neither a villain i wish people could stop arguing about such small basic things i will say on one part as i wrap up my little blurb that for as many republicans that said they didn't care about the olympics awfully taking interest in this one little thing i i mean i get it like you know you there are a lot of athletes disrespect a flag and stuff. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, if you actually don't care about the Olympics, like don't care about any of the Olympics. And then for the left, who is like, we hate the country. Why are you cheering on the team USA? You guys, it's like, everyone is such a, just taking so many L's right and left these days. It's like, just, just don't care about anything. It's much more freeing. Yeah. There, there, there's a, a convenience um, when, you know, something goes on in the Olympics proves a point for you you know sure. so it's if it's one thing to not care about how the olympics go period you know right and as, as soon as someone you know either makes a political statement or or you know starts making a non-issue into an issue then it kind of opens the door for your take right um yeah so for for those of you who don't know i i've been looking and i can't find or remember the name of the actual disorder but basically it, what happens is you you get disoriented when you're in the air spinning and you kind of lose your place. So it is dangerous in that if you you know are doing some kind of crazy flip, 
you don't know what's going on. You kind of lose your, your bearings and then you land on your neck. Now, I've heard this mentioned, but I didn't hear her in her press conference state this specifically. Exactly. And here's, and here's the problem. So I listened to Knowles, Shapiro, and Walsh. They all had slightly different takes. Um, and Shapiro was the only one, I believe, who mentioned that disorder specifically in, like, you know, the dangers with it. And, and Knowles and Walsh didn't. But I, d I'm, I wish they did. But I don't blame them entirely because her statements had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. It was about mental health, right? So she, even before this, she was had like the the symptoms or the the persuasions of ADHD, right? Which can't be great, anyways, you know. And maybe this is has something to do with that. Whatever. I don't mind the concept of like you know basically watching out for your health first, right? Mm -hmm. If it is in fact this particular you know acrobatic related disorder that pilots also get, you know. Absolutely, you do not want to do something that's dangerous. But since it has not been mentioned, I'll right. just, my, my main statement here is that if it is not that disorder specifically that is causing you to withdraw, then it is, it's regrettable, right? It's because it's, uh, I don't want to make, say like, you know, it's disrespectful or disgraceful. I would mm -hmm. just say it's, it's a damn shame. It, right. it would be the, the case. So in a lot of what she talked about, she mentioned fun like three different times, you know, and doing, doing things for her, right? Right. Uh, I'm not poo pooing mental health. Sure. Also, you know, it, it's it's not about fun, right? That's you, you get yeah. to this point, and it's not. It, it's more about you know the team or the country you're representing, and and I don't think you should you know make the Olympics the end all be all test whether you're a patriot or not. But <laughs> right. it, it's it's like it's like kind of like the discussion people had with Joel Embiid, right? He wasn't feeling it in the fourth quarter, so he passed the ball. Pass the ball. Oh, hey, look! When you know the six, or the Sixers lose their their playoff game. Mm -hmm. In in the same way, you know, I I don't even know if we took silver. I just know that Russia ended up getting gold. I believe right. in gymnastics. It it's if if it's just about you, you know, if you're just not feeling it, right? And obviously, that is that is a self. I would have liked her to say it. what it was. Yes, and I think what she doesn't, and that's like, I think that's just the bottom line. It's not even something that I'm like upset about in any way, shape, or form. But it's just like to say because I, exactly. I think, I mean, I get there's a little bit of a fear because yes, I mean, look at us now where everyone's arguing about it. But and she, there is a polarization aspect. Everyone's so just disjointed in this country. But I think there's also oftentimes an overlooking of how understanding we can be as a society still when you're, you know, you know, representing our country, there's got to be room for understanding. And there is. So if she had just said like, yeah, it's just like the, the tipsies or whatever it is, or mm -hmm. as Ben Shapiro mentioned, um, you know, she was one of, you know, the people that got sexually assaulted or whatever. And that whole thing has just kind of start finally ended. Um, and, or if it was a combination of those two things, those sure. are understandable. Mention it, you know, to well, that reason, that's... instead of saying it's just, just mental health. And I, I can vaguely understand that if it's a sexual assault thing, you don't want to go into too much detail about that, perhaps. But it just leaves give it a casual pass or whatever. Yes, there's um, a tasty way to do it. You in, And I kind of thought about this earlier today when I got home, is that like, you know, uh, due to traumatic, recent traumatic events in my life, I found that I was unable to focus on the competition. That alone paints a, a broad enough picture that you can kind of see what's going on. She doesn't right. have to get specific or personal. Yeah, it's and alluding it's a, to it. In yeah. my, in, exactly. And in my opinion, that's a valid 
reason you know it's right if it's if it's mental mental uh, health could be anything it could be i'm too stressed or anxious or uh, and and then if if you have this you know this new negative feeling that's tied in with gymnastics i can totally see how that would mess with your brain you Mm -hmm. know and and at that point i am not only am i not in a position to judge you anyways for the decision you made or i should say um uh to to infer your reasoning Mm -hmm. i can only go by what i see right sure uh, so if you don't give me an answer or something specific and it, the, the statements you make only kind of reflect like just, yeah, I wasn't feeling it, kind of need to think about mm-hmm. myself. That's, I, I, I got nothing to give you the benefit of the doubt, with, right? And then as far as kind of what you were talking about, like, oh, you know, re- Republicans don't focus on the, the, uh, the, the Olympics or they say they don't want to, but now they're, you know, getting into it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say, of course, that there, there's a little bit of hypocrisy there. But also, it's from the left that is also making this a, a big problem. And I'm oh, looking sure. at a tweet. I'm looking at a tweet from Jen Psaki. And so it said, and this is, you know, in regard to Simone Biles. Right. Gratitude and support are what at Simone Biles deserves. Still the GOAT. And we all, we are all just lucky to be able to see her in action. She did one routine uh, and or one like acrobatic feat. And that was it. And congrats and thanks to the tough as nails hashtag team us usa and blah 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 for being role models and champs no one in the political sphere of america should have tweeted a single thing about simone biles no no one needed to it doesn't need to be not every single thing has to be a topic so the fact that the vast majority of like well just of of um supportive individuals for this decision which is only controversial because of the lack of information and even right. then people are probably reading too much into it anyways sure. on both sides in, in her defense and in, in attacking her. It's, it's all like people from the political or social left who are doing this, you know, empowering positive things. They're attributing motive mm-hmm. as much as the people on the right who are going to far and attributing motive are. Right. And in, in, in the, I, I feel like, and this was, I think, more Walsh today, is that he wouldn't talk about it, or he said he wouldn't have talked about it if other people weren't talking about the opposite take. Right, this is exactly how everything is, happens, yes. and it's and just how the world the ends. Yes, right. and it's, it's, so it's if, such an enjoyable thing. Yeah, so if if someone like Saki didn't tweet that, if people weren't all over social media, right. you know, de- defending this stance that apparently no one has enough information right. on. Who shot first? There wouldn't, yes, there wouldn't be a problem. Right. right. Yeah. No All one needs to shoot. Are dead. Yeah. Right. It, but no, like you said, mentioning Joel Embiid, you know, no, I don't feel like it. I'm going to pass. It's like, <laughs> well, there's two ways to, to look at this here. Thank you. Um, there's two ways to look at it. It's either, <laughs> don't choke. Um, there's two ways to look at it. It's, all right, Joel Embiid, have you been throwing up? A, like are you one for 26 this evening and did you eat something that upsets you and you literally feel like you're about to have the hershey squirts in the court and you just feel like passing the ball or are you you know four for ten and you're the best player on your team and you just didn't feel like being the choker at the end of the game and you were nervous like those two things are completely polar opposite reasons of why you should or shouldn't do something and that's the situation that we're in yeah, quick cut to woman with broken foot still doing ring routine from like 30 years ago. Right. Yeah, yeah. so it's, for the most part, people are capable of like, you know, working through the pain. Are some right. things different? Of course, you know, it, hers was a very physical, you know, obvious injury, you mm-hmm. know, but it's, 
can't make it worse. <laughs> yeah, I I think e even if you know it was an actual disorder that caused all this trouble, that the person who should still get the most social credit would be the person who worked through a broken appendage to still win a gold medal. You right. know, not that you could take you're taking away from someone. It's just you leave them in kind of more of a neutral spot. It's like, oh, right. okay, right. that happened. Sorry to hear that. You know, ho hopefully you didn't waste you know all of your training and you'll get to come back in four more years right yeah no for sure um one final thing that should be mentioned she didn't take anyone's spot on the team uh, i did some not extensive but i did enough research on it to hold mm -hmm. a opinion they have alternates there every single time so it's not cool. like some right. 18 year old girls like damn you simone biles i could have gone to tokyo i um, missed my chance right and, and yeah it's uh, i so think she hasn't taken anyone's spot technically either yeah the the only thing you could because I, I did hear that earlier today in, in one of my podcasts. Uh the only thing you'd say is that the way she started, um right. you know, kind of took a spot, right? Because her, her first performance was like substandard for her, you know, mm -hmm. and that you know hurts the team. And then sure. someone has to like, you know, cold turkey jump on the <laughs> yeah. to get up there, boy. Uh, yeah. All right, Ian, it's you. What? That actually did <laughs> do better than the once. greatest one that's ever done it, huh? <laughs> I, I I was an alternate on a track team, and it was like, oh hey, by the way, he's sick. You're running today. I was like, oh no, oh, really? Well, I shouldn't have had Taco Bell before I came, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, and and so I can see how like, oh, it was it was one you know part of an event. It wouldn't have right. changed things very much. I, I get that, but I'm also not going to rule out that you know the the right. fifth best american gymnast in the you know therefore right. is so, fifth best person in the I world say all of these words basically i say she should have given us a more detailed you know reason why she didn't do it and also no one should be talking about this as we just oh. finished talking about it for 15 minutes so we're welcome world that's our that's our thoughts on that i, I do have one small thing i know we're sure. on a time crunch but i was looking i was looking just at like a, a youtube video of part of the opening ceremony and one of the recommended videos below it was from cosmopolitan and it was about it was featuring female Olympic athletes, and it was about you know the best or the easiest ways to get laid in the Olympic Village. And I thought hey. that was a very interesting, empowering video. You know, on in, those in cardboard beds. Of, yeah, in this world of like me too, and like you know, basically, kind of owning up to your your responsibilities. Me too now like, stands know. for the threesomes. Like you see these two people having sex, and you just like hashtag yeah. me hey, too, and then hey, they're like, too. yeah. And they're like, okay, sure. Um, all right, you have 30 seconds to answer this question or give your opinion on it. Uh, they were talking on, I think it was either Ben or Knowles were mentioning like, wouldn't it be hilarious Tom Brady ran, ran for office? Yes. I, yeah, so th this is more alluding to the uh, political commentary he was making at their little at, Super Bowl yeah. celebration at the White yeah. House. I thought um, they were hilarious he, jokes, by the way. If Well, it, and there was, there was a discrepancy on if he was, you know, because like you know he I think he was a Trump supporter at one time like you know I think he's purposely the walking the line. Yeah, so it's they were they were they were jokes that could be interpreted as either for the benefit of Joe Biden like you know these crazy people who make fun of you or they were totally making fun of him. Right. You know it depends on what perspective you bring into it. Um, if if people like the three members of the original Predator cast from the eight nineteen eighties movie Predator, two of them. Ran for office and won Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, the other one who I can't seem to remember right now. And then a third went ran for office and lost. But anyways, if movie stars can do it, athletes definitely can. And it 
it's surprising that you haven't seen people like you know magic johnson try and do like mm-hmm. a, a public official type spot you know he would be like a good arizona representative like kind of the squishy republican sort of thing but um i i don't know if i would want him to run I wouldn't necessarily be opposed, and like, obviously, as American citizen, you can do what you wish. But then, you know, if we're like, yeah, Brady runs and wins, and he actually turns out to be, he's like, you know, he'd be like Trump. Like, we didn't think he'd be super conservative, but look at him. He's like red-pilled. But then it opens the door, like, and then LeBron James decides to run, and then everything just goes to hell. So yeah. I think if we separate that sports and politics continually, because then again, I mean, because then just what happens on all these pol- all these sports figures, you're always be like, well, Drew Brees going to run. Drew Brees gonna run. I was gonna say, you know, he he had a pretty good season. Drew Brees gonna run. No, I uh, if I if I were to see in think about Tom Brady's, I think as a person, I wouldn't mind him. You know, it's it's all about sure. the aura. It's about the team. It's about the fight. It's all that stuff. He so would be the hottest person, politician. Sure. Well, you know, I, I'm still more of a Tulsi Gabbard fan myself. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I don't swing the other way. But uh, just go for governor. If you're really sure. go for mayor or governor, show me that you can competently operate something that you're more than just your persona right and you know what if you do well enough for that if it's just about making decisions and a little a little you know logic and reason mm-hmm. go for it but i just i want to see you try governor first just the little right. training wheels one final topic very quickly because i've just recently started listening to michael knowles what is your opinion of michael knowles so i i mean like i don't dislike him but i don't know if i like him a lot or if i like because I do have disagreements. I think he's a little bit more con- conservative than anyone else at the Daily Wire. Yeah, so I, I don't know. You should try listening to Wall sometime. But um, the the way I fell into Knowles is that I I listened to Shapiro and I started listening to the other guys from Daily Wire. And from all four of their hosts, I agree, or, or I personally feel more in, in common with Knowles than I do with anyone else. Okay. And I would surprised by by that uh he is i think the most conservative individual there because shapiro and clavin are more libertarian and Mm -hmm. walsh just has different a different uh perspective or or mindset on certain um situations i think Knowles Knowles is the more id or the ego of the conservative movement uh in that he's not afraid to basically like he he's walked the line in certain spots of like i don't know what maybe maybe something did happen on the election i don't know you know versus just like he does he is not afraid of um uh going out on a limb right and he's not you know a, a crazy QAnon type person but i think if you're more conservative than you are libertarian you're going to have more with in common with michael knowles than you will with like a bench hero right and especially on the vaccination issue you, you see that i think you see a, you've seen a lot unfortunately of what people uh what their perspective is on as far as government and uh self-government mm-hmm. No, uh, a lot, and I think out of all of them, it, it'd be a fight just for on the vaccination vaccination issue between Knowles and Walsh, but both of them believe it is wh- whether uh, they won't say the vaccine's bad. You know, they, mm-hmm. they haven't said like, oh, you shouldn't take it. It just that it doesn't make sense for me personally to take it because I don't need it. An experimental drug. Yeah, yeah, you know that's saying yeah, it's it, and that's I think people are afraid of saying that. You know, and, and Shapiro's a big vaccine advocate. You know, but. It, it is very true that it is not a vaccine in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. that it is still under an emergency, you know, uh, rollout um, protection, basically, you know, and that if something does, you know, God forbid, happen to people with, with a certain set of, um, you know, uh, 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 re- like physical problems, 
you know, if, if, if a certain type of blood type, you know, has a bad reaction or if someone with certain type of skin disorders, you know, die after having the vaccine from five years or whatever, they can't, one, we don't know that. And then also they can't be sued or prosecuted or have to pay for, you know, any type of damage. So he's not even, uh, you know, making crazy points or, you know, mm-hmm. coming up with crazy conspiracy. It's just as it's objective. It's objectivity from a conservative point of view. Sure. I, I, I yeah. describe that. I mean, I just like Ben. Ben's just like always is kind of like middle of the road for me, like in what I like right. to listen to. Knowles is a little bit um, too like to the right for me, like just based on what I like. Not that he's like, oh, he's far right. I'm just like, I, I don't agree with everything oh. he says. And then, but I, I tend, so I listen to three political commentators. I mean, I listen to other stuff that are sometimes politics, but like three strictly po- politics. So it's Ben Shapiro, Knowles, and I told you what I think. And the person I tend to go with the most is uh, Glenn Beck and Stu. Um, right. That's where I usually find myself nodding along to most of the stuff most of the time. And it, and it makes sense because, you know, as, as, we, as we have discussed, you're more of a libertarian in some places and I'm more of a conser- very hardline conservative in places. Sure. So it would make sense that our, our tastes differ. But right. generally, from all the people you've mentioned, there is there, there's a, a common strain. There's a lot of overlap, right? overlap. Right. Yes. And, and I like that. That's why I listen to, you know, a wide variety. And it just so happens that, you know, a, a lot of what I believe falls in line with Knowles. Sure. And, and, and I I enjoy listening to Ben more just from just. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, like he's the most polished speaker. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's it a different type of character and charisma. But right. Have you listened to Clavin? Yes. Okay. So he's also kind of like Ben a little bit. Yeah. So he's he's okay. a little more libertarian. Um, he's he's more culture than political. I'd say. Okay. Uh, but no, he's he's still a great listen, and he's an older guy. I have I have one of his uh, books, one of his autobiographies, and it's very insightful. Nice. Uh, but we could we could go in depth about him. As an yeah, actually, I think it'd be kind of fun to do if we, because we still are wanting to do to all of our listeners, we want to talk about astrological signs and stuff yes. as much as, I mean, that would be a fun show. And that so we definitely have to do that. Thing. I think we have to, yeah, from like four years ago. Um, we keep mentioning it so we don't forget. Uh, we have to get Joan on here one of these Sundays. And then, um, yeah, but I think it would be a fun show to do um, kind of like the breakdown of our favorite commentators, like in depth about like what we sure. like and dislike about how they hold their views. Um, I don't know, because I feel like what our show is kind of morphing into is just kind of a bounce pad for what people should, like, here's a show that tells you what you should be listening to. Listen to us so you can actually enjoy yourselves and other podcasts and right. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, we're not reporters. No, we, we talk about the topics after someone else talks about them, or we talk about the topics at night, because, like, something's breaking news now, and our, you know, our podcast is put out at 8 o'clock at night, and someone else listens, they're like, oh, well, now we already kind of have that mesh in our brain, so when they listen to Shapiro or Cleveland or Beck or Louder with Crowder, whoever, they've already been thinking about this, so, like, we're kind of like the initial, like, you know, processing plant or post-processing. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's after we've taken in opinions from these individuals who, you know, looked at the news, then you're you're getting our take on what they've said. Right. And, and then we complain about our teams being awful. Sure. But it's like, <laughs> who the hell's Tim Pool? Tim Tim Pool reads articles and has an opinion on the articles. Right. It's not rock, you know, it's it's not like these people necessarily aside from like a, the the research they do on their own it's sure. ultimately it's an opinion and it's oh everything is opinion mostly yeah. there's very little 
that we do here that is breaking news from the desk of Ian. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this just in. Yeah, I have in my hands this letter right. from Trump to Russia. Basically, though, with everything being banned, it's literally going to be Ian breaking. Like, Trump is personally just going to be, like, he's going to move in with you guys, and he's going to end up, like, just writing things in, you know, chicken scratch, and Ian's going to have to read them over, like, a telephone pole and announce to the world what Donald Trump has said. Yeah, and then I'll get deplatformed, but then it'll it, it there, won't matter. You have no platforms, no though. Yeah, you, have, you can't be <laughs> yeah. deplatformed. That's the trick, guys. Ian might have been right all along. You can't be deplatformed if you have no platform. Yeah, d join me. Yes, no social media. They can't hurt you anymore. That's the way to win.